The book of Acts is the book of the continuing Christ. What Christ began in the gospel records, he continues in the book of Acts. In the first part of Acts, chapters 1 through 7, we join the adventures of what the Holy Spirit was doing through the apostles in the early church. This work was primarily focused in Jerusalem. The second section of Acts, however, advances beyond Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. In this section of our study, we see the power of the gospel on full display, changing the lives of those who hear it. Let's join Scott now as the adventure continues. Are you a member of a local New Testament church? You know, this particular time in history, it seems that church membership means less and less to people. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's a, an ignorance of what Scripture teaches. Uh, maybe it's a, a reticence to commit to anything. Uh, maybe people want to be spectators and not participants. Uh, there are many places where folks attend, but they never belong. Uh, they, they come and slip into a meeting and listen maybe even enjoy and receive something, uh, but they never really are plugged in. And yet, I want to suggest to you that when you study the first mention of the church all through the book of Acts, what you find is people belonging to a local assembly. Now, the details of church membership, that's not what I'm talking about. How the records are kept and and how how they're transferred and all, that's not what I'm talking about. That's up to the individual assembly. Every local church is autonomous and has to work out those functional details. I'm talking to you about a principle, and the principle is this, that the church is the visible representation of Christ in a community, that a church, a local group of baptized believers voluntarily joining themselves together to observe the ordinances, uh, to fellowship, to worship, and to carry out the Great Commission, this is God's way. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ founded. And if it meant that to the Lord Jesus, don't you think it ought to mean something to us? And what greater example than the example given to us uh, in that of the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter number 9. You remember in 1 Timothy 1.16, uh, Paul referred to how God dealt with him as a pattern. It really is. Things that should be true of every new believer. Uh, think of the pattern of Paul's life. Uh, he got saved. Then he got baptized. Then he fellowshiped with believers. Then he shared Christ with others. Uh, he established a new testimony. Uh, he was helped by other Christians, and then he turned around and began to help other Christians. Uh, he began to witness to the lost. I mean, so many things that are an example for every one of us. Uh, they're, they're common truths, if you will, from a very un uncommon life. And so when you look at Acts chapter 9 and verse number 26, this has always fascinated me. The Bible says, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed, and here's the operative phrase, to join himself to the disciples. That word join literally means to attach, to, to be glued together. Uh, people look at a church so loosely today, and that's why it's very convenient to pop in and pop out. Uh, to leave as quickly as you come, uh, to feel no sense of, of opportunity or obligation, no, no sense of responsibility or accountability. But I want to tell you, when you join yourself to a group of disciples, you attach yourself to them, you glue yourself to them, now that is a matter of real commitment. And I think there's a number of wonderful truths here that all of us 
should observe about what God's Word teaches through the example of the Apostle Paul about church membership. Let me just give them to you quickly. First of all, notice that there was a visible group. There was a visible group. Sometimes people talk about the church uh, only as some mystical body and uh, in very vague terms. Uh, Scripture does talk through Paul's later writings about uh, the church being the family of God. Uh, That whole family has never all met together. It will someday when we get to heaven. Uh, The church which is his body, uh, I believe that. But I want you to know that the family of God has local assemblings. The family of God has local meeting places. And so there was a visible group that Saul wanted to join himself to. Not only was there a visible group, but they had an identity. The Bible calls them disciples. They were not just attenders. They were not just members. This is interesting. They were not even people who were just identified by the name of Christ. They were actual disciples. They were learners. They were followers. Uh, This word, disciple, is used, I think, 269 times in the New Testament. The word Christian is used only three times. Uh, May I just say to you that we talk to people about becoming Christians, but the Lord talks to us about becoming disciples because he wants us to do more than just use his name. He wants us uh, to follow his steps. He wants us to learn his heart. He wants us to exhibit his character. And so the believers in this place, a visible group, were identified as true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder, uh, in our local assemblies, would people identify us as true followers of the Lord Jesus? Then, not only was there a visible group that had an identity, people could join them, because the Bible plainly says here that he wanted to join them, but they were all afraid of him. And why? They believed not that he was a disciple. So there was a little hesitancy here. We understand the context, and We understand why, Uh, but the the whole thing was because they were not quite sure of him yet. There was a proving time, but it was obvious that people could join them. In fact, everywhere the apostle Paul went, it seems that he would join himself to a group of disciples. He He would find the group that he identified with, and he would belong to those people. For example, if you come down to verse 28, he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. He was with them. So his presence was there, certainly, but he was lending his life and his influence to them, and he was drawing from their lives and from their influence. This is God's way. And then don't miss this. Not only was there a visible group, and they had an identity, and people could join them, but only a true disciple was admitted. Uh, You had to be saved. You had to be a a born-again person, a true believer, and someone committed to the Lord Jesus Christ to be a member of, of that local church. I think this is sorely missing today. So many people just want to sign a card and join a church. Friend, you can be on the church roll but not have your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life in Heaven. And more important than where you go on Sunday is where you go when you die. You must settle first your eternal destiny because a true New Testament church has a saved membership. Uh, You know, it's much better to say, I belong to a church than simply to say, I attend a certain church. Uh, But it is vital that you say first, I belong to Jesus. And then I belong to one of his local New Testament churches. And then let me add one more truth to this today. Not only was there a visible group and they had an identity and people could join them and only a true disciple could be admitted, but number five, once you were admitted, uh, you were expected to assemble faithfully, 
to be there. That's where verse 28 comes in. He was with them, coming in and going out at Jerusalem. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Friend, you can't be an active member of a local church uh, and never express any interest there, never have any involvement there. Now, there are people who are providentially hindered. Uh, There are sick people and shut-in people who would give anything to participate, and they cannot. I I think the church must come to them in those instances. And the Lord certainly understands that, and we must. But I want to say to you, if you're a member of a local New Testament church, you should be attached. You should be glued. You should be one of the fellow learners and laborers in that place. And the great pattern of that is found in the example of the Apostle Paul. I want you to know, if it was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. And it should be good enough for you. May the Lord help every one of us to join ourselves to a group of saved, baptized, New Testament believers and determined by God's grace that we're going to be the church members and church workers that the Lord Jesus intended for us to be when he saved us. May the Lord Jesus Christ continue to build his church in us. What an encouragement to us today to remember the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel changed lives in the first century, and the gospel is still changing lives today. If you missed the first section of this study on The Adventure Continues, be sure to visit our website, enjoyingthejourney.org, where you can access this study along with many other resources to encourage you in your walk with God. However you listen to this podcast, we are grateful for each of you. We hope you will continue to listen and also share it with others. From all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team, may God bless you and help you enjoy the journey.